Welcome back to another episode of The Rant. Today is Saturday, January 9th, and we are just one night removed from the upset uh, against number 23-ranked Michigan State. Purdue, of course, winning on the road at the Breslin Center last night. And come from behind fashion, which is always a nice little cherry on top, um, there's a lot to talk about this game. Obviously, the win is huge for this Purdue team, but you know, you look at the game score and you look at the stats, there there is a lot to talk about. I don't know if you want to start us off or or if you want me to do so, but um there I just, I, I have a lot of takeaways from this game, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to I'm just going to add that I don't know how this Michigan State team was ranked 23rd in the country being 2 and 4 yes. in conference, but I, it well, is cool that we managed to quote unquote beat a ranked team. Yeah, and, and yes. you've heard me talk about on this podcast, but also like very early on, I thought this Michigan State team was the best in the Big Ten. And after last night, having watched them right for a full game for the first time this season, I'm willing to take back what I said. I I yeah. I, I think I had a little bit too high expectations for for two of the players on Michigan State, but they really just. Uh, I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be they're gonna be fine by the end of the season. They'll they'll make up some ground, right? But I, I don't think they're a top four team in the Big Ten. Uh, when it's all said and done, they just um. I think I think a lot of people also over. I think over analyze. Right? I mean, well, it's it's Michigan the brand, State. right? Michigan State. You always assume they're gonna be good, just like you do with a Matt Painter team, right? Tim Tom Izzo always gets his team to play well, especially late in the season. You know, I saw the return of. Aaron Henry, Rocket Watts being a big deal. Obviously, Joshua Langford, who's been there for like eight years, it seems. You would assume that he would, you know, after a major, you know, major injuries, you'd think maybe he would come back and be a contributing member. And I think a lot of people over, uh, oversold. putting on that? Oh, no, they were overemphasizing the transfer of Joey Hauser from Marquette. And, like, he was good at Marquette, but I think a lot of He's people... He's probably their best player, though, still. Yeah, yeah, but, I, you know, how good really is Joey Hauser? I don't really think he's that great. I mean, I guess as a tra- as far as transfers goes, he's a good transfer, but, you know, I think a lot of people overemphasized that. He's being... a fringe cup of coffee in the league kind of guy. And people yeah. were acting like he was a first-round pick. Yeah. But, um, you know, okay, so a lot to take away from this game. Obviously, it was not the prettiest game. 55-54 is a... Very low scoring game in college Even by our standards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Purdue, Purdue was down seventeen and a half. They scored, um, sixteen points in the first half. So, by all means, a ugly, ugly game. Uh, nobody shot the ball well. I mean, Michigan State shot twenty three percent from three. Purdue shot twelve and a half percent from three. They didn't make a three in the first half. They were like over thirteen. I want to say. Uh, if I'm, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And I think, you know, the shooting percentages are really, really ugly. <laughs> but what's, what's cool to look at is the fact that Purdue had nine at uh, 15 more, uh, field goal attempts. And that's what we're talking about with that rebounding and mm. pushing the pace. Yes. You can shoot worse from every distance, mm-hmm. right? Which we did. Yourself- we shot worse from every distance, but if you give yourself more possessions, that that can be the difference. Oh yeah. There was not a single metric. There's not a single metric aside of rebounding, where Purdue even came close to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and we were down 17 points and somehow still managed to win. And a lot of that is just pushing the pace, 
getting offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. It's it's free possessions. Yeah. It's free field goal attempts. Yeah. And I mean, and you look at the box score, right? Obviously, the name that jumps out is Travion. He had 26 and all, almost all of that came in the second half. Uh, and nobody he else shot on, well from and nobody the else too. nobody else on Purdue scored more than 10 points, right? So that clearly says a lot about how this game went, right? I mean, Sasha, one of eight. Eric Hunter, one of seven. Newman only took three shots, one of three. Gillis, 0 for two. Wheeler, one of five. Ivy, three of nine. I mean, nobody could hit a shot. Travion, nine of 14, eight of 12 from the free throw line. Nine boards, two assists. It was, I mean, this game was Travion's game, right? This is like a signature Travion Williams game. This is like his game against Michigan last year where he had 36 and 20, right? Where it's just like he dominated the game. And at the end of the day, his play in the second half is what determined the game. I mean, he outscored, single-handedly outscored Michigan State in the second half. He had 24 points. They had 23 as a team. So, I mean, he imposed his will on Michigan State. And it was something that Tom Izzo, before the game, in preparation, said, he is is the difference maker. We're going to throw everything we have at him, right? And he did. The thing is, they fouled him a lot, which is usually a good strategy because he's not a good free throw shooter, but he was hitting his free throws. I mean, he's 8 of 12, right? And he made them yeah. down the stretch at the end of the game when it counted. Well, if he doesn't if he doesn't hit the free throws, it's not even close. Oh, right? no, no, no. So, so Travion Williams kept Purdue in that game and, well, and put them over him, right? the hump, right? I mean, um, again, mention, we're down, sorry, not 17, 15 and a half. Um, the largest deficit was 17, that's what I meant. Yes, yes. Um, but... Michigan State had a streak of 141 games where they, if one, they won when leading at half by 15. They had a streak of 141 games that got snapped last night. It's also the largest comeback for Purdue in a Big Ten game since 1983 when they were down against Illinois by 20. Yeah, they won that game, and this is also the third straight win against Michigan State, which I think also kind of goes under the radar. Purdue has played well versus Michigan They've State had their recently. Yeah, recently. For some random reason. Yeah. I you know, last year the game that they played at Michigan State, they only played them once last year, but they blew them out. It was like a thirty point win at Mackey. I think also Michigan State has just kind of fallen off and nobody wants to say it. But I'm also I mean not afraid to say that I mean no they always have these these like transitional teams though I mean they got they've got a top recruit coming in next year Imani Bates right they always they always just like they can recycle right they rebuild very quickly I mean you look back I I don't want to say this was a rebuild or like a transition either because they actually went to the tournament that year and were like a, a one of the best teams in the country but when they had um like Denzel Valentine right like that team. Yeah, okay, but Denzel Valentine was an NBA player. No, right? I know. NBA. No, I know. No, no. Again, I'm. I'm not. I'm trying to say that year they didn't have like a true number one. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, it he became the number one. But I'm just saying, on paper, yeah, they were kind of like they didn't really know what they were at the beginning of the season, and then by the end of the season, they clearly figured it out. But I'm just saying, Michigan State always has these like one year breaks where they're kind of just they have an off season. And then, then they're right back to being yeah major. I, I do always think, though, with the exception of that Denzel Valentine team, there's all like Michigan. When Michigan State is good, it, they have one or two freshmen and sophomores that like 
you're like, yeah, those are lottery. Well, the, the thing is, the, what they're like missing bridges, is what they're right? missing. And you're like, what they're now missing it's going to be a Bonnie Bates next year. So what they're missing though is they always have like a true big man, like rim protecting, dominant big man, right? Yeah, but Jaron Jackson is animal well jaron jackson they had uh oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name now which is is really bad but uh nick ward right yeah uh, the guy last year that just got drafted i'm blanking on his name xavier tillman that's the one i'm thinking of uh they they always have that and this year they have a really good shot blocker the guy in the game last night uh what's his name um bingham marcus bingham jr i mean he had three blocks last night and he was he was very good but in 10 minutes <laughs> but he just he's not an offensive presence i mean he only had three points and all of them were first from the free throw line so this team is like a very different michigan state team than in past years i, I feel like um one thing i do want to say though is the reason i think there's a lot to take from this game is is i mean you look at the last couple games produced played against the big 10 teams right where they've lost and they've been very close games, and we're always talking about, oh, this is a young team, we can live with that loss, right? But over time, you want to see them, like, learn, and eventually, like, come through and win one of these games, right? So that's what I felt from this game was was massive, right? Yeah, it was a ranked opponent, and it was a come-from-behind win, but the come-from-behind win part for me is more important, because it shows that even in an ugly game where Purdue shot horribly from the field, from three-point range, right, they, they grounded out, and they won the game, right? And, like, that's that's a key component of being a good team is, like, winning when you're playing ugly, right? And and beating good teams when you play ugly, right? Especially when you're coming yeah. from behind. So that, to me, was huge. And especially, I, I took notes, right? Here's the last 35 seconds, and this is... This, to me, was, like, the best stretch of the game. So with 35 seconds left, Eric Hunter turns the ball over when they're down, like, three points, I want to say. No. Four points. four points, yeah, four points. Yeah. They're down four 54, points, right? Fifty-four, fifty. It, yeah. It was. So Eric Hunter turns the ball over, right, and that was like a necessary possession, right? Eleven seconds left. Eric Hunter gets fouled, makes both both free throws, two point deficit. On that inbound play, Eric Hunter steals the ball, deflects it off the players, uh, off the off the uh, offensive player, gets the ball back, right? Nine seconds left. Trey gets fouled. He makes one free throw. Second one bounces off. Edie, who had just come in as a sub, caused the ball to bounce around, and Gillis dives on it to make it a jump ball. Possession goes to Purdue, right? This is with six seconds left. And then the inbound from Eric Hunter with four seconds left is the made jumper that Travion made, right, to win the game. So 30 seconds, and it was a five-point swing for Purdue, right? And you think Eric Hunter, who was shooting poorly, one of seven from the field, he just turns it over in a key moment, and he's kind of like that guard that's the leader on the team because he's he's one of the upperclassmen at this point. But he just like completely you know moves on, forgets about it, and they win the game. And part of and a lot of it is because of him, right? He had the steal, he had the assist on the made the game winning jumper, and he made the two free throws to cut the two point cut it to a two point deficit. So to me, that is like the biggest takeaway is like the mental just forget about it, we move on. Let's win this game, right? I mean, sure, but I, I'm going to agree with all of that. But my issues come from when issues become consistent, right? The well, reason obviously, care, if this happens. The reason I don't care that Stefanovic went one for eight is because I know that that's not a consistent issue. Yeah. Right? The reason I care 
about Eric Hunter not being able to hit a shot is because it's been a while that he can't hit a shot. That's that's right? a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still not at the point that I'm worried about Eric Hunter just because I feel like... He, he, I just feel like he I mean, is worried about him becoming what? Like he's 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 a decent player, right? But if you're asking him to become even fifty-five to sixty percent of what Edwards was, I'm I'm over that. I just don't think that's going to happen. No, statistically, that that doesn't get back. Well, there. I think I think he at this point is not. He is not on that team to be the scorer. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. Right, I feel like enough. Which is what we thought he would be. Right? We thought he would be, but I think, but taken, I think, you know. I think that the role has shifted now. He is the ball handler, defender, right, and he he is an option to score, right, if we need him to be, right. But yeah, I think at this point the offense flows is flowing more through Travion, Sasha, right, open for threes, and then Newman getting the ball in his hands to drive or to take a shot, right. Those are the first three options, I think, at this point. Now I, I still can, but don't. Then I'm wondering. Then I'm wondering why he's taken seven shots and Newman's well, taken three, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that may just be Newman being a young guy, right, and not not feeling overly yeah. confident in in taking more shots in a game like that. Who knows? But I, I'm still, even though Eric Hunter shot one of seven and he hasn't shot the best this season, I'm still comfortable with him taking seven shots a game. I, I, yeah, I still have. No I, I would just, I would just like to see, because if he's going to be the ball handler assist guy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, his assist to turnover ratio right now on the season is three point four assists to two point six turnovers. Mm-hmm. That, well, that's, that's not high enough. Not good. Like that's that's not even just average. Like that's bad. Mm. You do not want a point guard with a one point x to one assist to turnover ratio. Like that's just poor. Yeah. To be no, brutal. I mean, obviously that's not. <laughs> That's, like that's he's averaging true. he's averaging more turnovers per game than Travion and Travion is a center, right? Who is not yeah, supposed but to Travion be also get, Travion gets also the ball gets, a ton. Well B also gets a lot right? of assists, right? And he Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Right? Like, a great you passer. should not Yeah, exactly. That's but that's what I'm saying. Like that was more of a compliment towards Travion considering how much he has the ball. And also he has dudes hacking at him all the time, mm-hmm. right? Because he's getting the ball inside with people around him. Versus the other guys having it at the top of the key. I also just want to make a point. Last night, I think Travian also knew that they were going to do everything they possibly could to focus on him, right? He did an excellent job just getting into positions where he was getting fouled before the ball even got to him in the paint, right? Like, the, they would throw an entry pass, and he would, he would like, try and push back towards the basket while the ball's coming into him, and they, they'd shove him forward, and he'd get a foul every time. And it was just fantastic. I mean... They they could not stop him. He was he was physically just just better than them. I want to talk about Ivy for a bit because yeah. one stat that I really don't care about with freshman is three point shooting because mm-hmm. I feel oh, like Oh, he's shooting an a, an abysmal. He's shooting terribly from three, right? Yeah. I, I don't really care because I don't really care about how freshmen shoot threes unless you're Stefanovic and you're meant to come in and shoot yeah. threes, but he wasn't really meant to because a lot of these guys um, in high school, they're only really taking threes when they've completely destroyed the guy in front of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, you know, they're usually so much better than the competition that they can just drive whenever they want, mm. especially when you're that size. And from two, I mean, he was three of six from two in 60 minutes. What I like about him, and again, maybe I'm going to get proven wrong, is he pushes the pace. He gets to do a lot of, like, we have this kind of, in, in my sport, we have this kind of phrase of how many... You know, how many 
call them Zweikampfe, but it's basically like one-on-one -on -one actions. How many one-on-one -on -one actions do you get in per minute, mm -hmm. right, or per possession? He really pushes the pace. Yeah. He forces people to come and deal with him. Yeah. Right? He's not passive. He goes at people, and that's what a modern guard has to do. You have to force people to deal with you, mm -hmm. right? And I think, I mean, I would hope, right? I hope that the shooting percentage goes up, right, if he wants to be anything more than just a spark plug. But the fact that he pushes the pace, this is something that I... Because in 16 minutes, he took nine field goals. Mm -hmm. That is such a high pace, right? Yeah. And you could say, like, you don't want him to become, like, a stat pattern high usage guy, right? But at the end of the day, like, he is a freshman, right? So I'm not going to, like, bang on him too hard, especially because he was... He comes from a place where he was undoubtedly the best player on his high school team, mm -hmm. right? And he's used to always having... But I like guys who push the pace. Now, of course, I like guys who push the pace that are efficient, <laughs> right? We'll have to see if the efficiency yeah. follows. But the fact that he doesn't care, right, that's good. Well, it's, it just seems like he doesn't get rattled, which in a freshman you yeah. like to see. Yeah. And, and, I, I, and, and Purdue needs somebody who pushes the pace. Yes, right, because you look at the starting guard. I mean, Brandon Newman sometimes does it, but that's not his, like, uh, that's not his, his MO, right? That's not yeah. his and, style And Hunter's always. taking most of his field goals from three, so... That's not really a pace pusher either, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas Jaden Ivey, I mean, he is... He's he trying is, to get to the rack. He is like, he's trying slasher. to get to mm -hmm. the, the hoop. Which which is the I most appreciate. efficient way you want it. You don't want your guards taking mid-range jumpers. Yeah. Which is something we've seen way too much of this season. Mm -hmm. So, now that we've covered that game uh, at nauseum, <laughs> um, uh, let's move on to the next game, which is a huge game. That's Always not till Thursday, actually. Uh, Purdue takes on Indiana at Assembly Hall. Now, obviously, Purdue has won seven straight uh, against IU. Haven't lost since uh, 2017. So it's been a while. And it has IU been a while. kind of like Purdue this year, honestly. I mean, again, neither team really lighting it up statistically right now. But here's the thing. very similar, too. Here's the thing. IU, essentially, like Purdue, plays through one player, right? Their big man, Trace Jackson Davis, right? Who is a stud. Who is very good. He will get drafted very high. I, You know, I will admit that. And in the years past that, you know, Trace Jackson Davis has played Purdue, we've been able to keep him pretty quiet, just like we did with Romeo Langford, right? That was in large part to no gel Eastern, right? He'd completely lost. Just him. sat on him. Yeah. You know? But this year, it'll be interesting, right? Because our interior defense is not great, right? Um, so our defense in general. Yeah. Not, I mean, interior <laughs> our defense is not great. I mean, not a lot of block shots forced. So I do think this will be, I mean, I, I always say this will be a high-scoring affair, and then it almost never is. Uh, just because the two teams... Really? I don't think it will be a high-scoring affair. Yeah, I mean, I again, I that. always do. But then, like, last year, I don't remember the score. There was a game where, I mean, it was like... It seemed like the final score was like 33-30, to 30, right? It, um... I... So I'm gonna, I'm gonna fade myself here and say it's not gonna be a high-scoring affair in the hopes that maybe I'll be wrong again. <laughs> you see, I, I don't think it will. I think... Because these are two teams that really like to pound the ball inside. Mm -hmm. And and I think also these are two teams that have a tendency to not shoot the ball well from distance mm -hmm. on occasion. Yeah. And that kind of recipe is not like a side of, I mean, 
Indiana does have one solid guard, we must say. Yeah. Franklin is a solid Armand guard. Franklin. He shoots yeah, he well is. from every range. Um, not a great, assi- not really an assister, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, he can he can get his buckets when he needs to, and they're not asking him to assist. Yeah, and here's so, the thing. I mean, obviously I'm biased, but at the end of the day, both teams are pretty evenly matched on paper, right? Just statistically yeah. and personnel wise. Yep. But I mean, I'll always give the edge to Matt Painter when it comes to coaching, just because Archie Miller is. I don't think the guy's ever watched a basketball <laughs> game in his life. Um, but that's another story for another day. Oh, the game the game that I was talking about where it just seemed like it was less scoring was 2018-2019. Uh, Purdue won 48-46. I believe that was the game Matt oh, Harms had to tip in ugly, at the buzzer. Ugly game. Yeah, uh, not the prettiest. But, I mean, most of these games the last couple seasons have been close. I mean, as it always is, right? It's a rivalry game. Both teams play each other extremely physically, and both teams play each other extremely well. Um, yeah, I think it's always, I mean, at least in past years, Indiana, just because of the type of people that they recruit, they'll always have one or two guys that are just nutty, but yeah. then kind of the rest of their team is kind of iffy, mm-hmm. versus Purdue is, we usually don't have as many NBA dudes or as many lottery yeah, dudes. Yeah, but, but it's more of a cohesive. Our, our bad players are better than their bad players. Well, and here's the thing I was going to say, just <laughs> just from looking on paper, right? I would say Purdue has a little bit more depth than IU, right? Like past and better the, three-point shooting. Well, but I'm just saying, board. I'm just saying like past the, the top three guys, like you said, I feel like Purdue just has a little bit more level to them, yeah. right? Where they have yeah. like after, after the third best guy, you have, you know, a couple other decent players, right? Whereas IU, you don't really know what you're getting beyond the third or fourth guy. I would say beyond the fourth guy on this team, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't really know what you're getting. I think a lot of it is 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 going to be that if Purdue has an even half decent three point shooting night, I just don't see. Yeah, I mean, because because there's IU nobody on IU being able to hold. It. I mean, except for Franklin, there's nobody really from IU who's a very notable shooter. I mean, Jerome Hunter a little bit, mm. but. The thing is with... There's uh, somebody who you're scared of, right? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think... Obviously, Trace Jackson Davis, I think, will probably have a good game against us. But I think Travion, being as big as he is, right? I think he'll be able to slow him down a little bit, right? Just because he's physically a larger human. Um, But I think there's no way... There's nobody on IU that's going to be able to stop Travion on defense. Because Trace Jackson Davis is not a defender. He's just not. I mean, he's a decent. He's kind of a rim protector in the way no. that Whitesides are rim protectors, where he chases blocks, but he doesn't actually play good. Yeah, exactly. That's defense. the thing. Is like <laughs> the, the second he goes against a guy that's physical with good post moves, I feel like he's not gonna. He's more of like a weak side blocker. Yeah, right? he's not yeah. like mm-hmm. a guy who faces up and blocks guys in front of him. That yeah. So I I, I just feel like Travion. I don't even know. I don't even know if he's gonna guard Travion. Right? They might even use Ray Thompson. But yeah, I, it's it's very possible. I think, I think Travion's going to have. Uh, similar to the Michigan State game, I think he's going to be fouled quite a bit, and I think there's going to be opportunities right for open shots because they will be doubling Travion. They will be, especially after the game Travion just had. They will be doubling Travion, and that it's, even if it's not double, it's going to be man and a half, right? It's going yeah. to be the weak side defender and then one. And guy that's on that's him. where Travion thrives because he always he always has that like a cross court pass. To the open yeah, shooter in the corner, of, can right? Can we hit the corner three? Yeah, right, and and, and, and we question. shot poorly from three. If we can shoot like thirty five percent from three this game, I mean, 
Purdue should well, that's be the in Purdue a, average on the season, yeah, right? Thirty five percent. Purdue should be in a good spot to win this game if they can shoot just just okay from three. Yeah. Right. And I mean if we can keep ourselves out of foul trouble and not have twenty one fouls in a game that had fifty four <laughs> yes, points scored. Yeah. Uh I will say this game is at Assembly Hall. It'll be interesting to see. No you know, fans. This yeah, no fans, right? Will that affect how close this game is? Because in years past, every time we play at Assembly Hall, you know, it's close. And that's prob- that's because of the fans, right? That obviously is because of the atmosphere. So it'll be interesting to see, despite it being a rivalry game, will it still be yeah, as it, kind of... Uh, the only issue I have is, and, and what I would hope Painter does is, we cannot put Travion on uh, Jackson Davis No, it's going to be Gillis. It's going to be Gillis. I yeah, can it's, tell it's you not, right now. Not, because honestly, and this is going to sound mean to Mason Gillis, but whatever, he can afford to foul out. Well, that's Trayvon the thing. Williams that's cannot well, afford to foul yes, out. No, that's the thing is because Gillis he can't even afford to get close to fouling out. One Gillis is a better defender of big men than Travion is in my personal opinion because he's and fast, he's right? More he can stay with it, and uh, yeah, offensively, if you lose Gillis, you don't lose too much. Obviously, you want his hustle and his rebounding and, and his defense, but just saying, you can replace that with Aaron Wheeler, who's a very similar player to Gillis when it comes. Both to... Both of them can foul out for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> to be brutal, right? Well, like, but it's just like, no, their their purpose on this team at the moment, right, is defense, rebounding, and, and that's and that's essentially that's it. it. And like, like and if they're open for three, right, they'll take it. But that's that's like the that's the tertiary, that's the third option for yeah. them to do, right? But Gillis and Wheeler will will have Trace Jackson Davis. I can guarantee it right now. I want to watch. I see, the thing is, I want to see Jaden Ivy work one of these secondary. I think this could be an because underrated a, huge game for Jaden Ivey, right? Because the opportunity is there for him. Because you look at the guards because you look at yeah. good defensively. IU strength is not in their guards, right? And they're except not a good defensive Franklin, team. But except for Franklin, none of these dudes are good defensively. But like you look at like Rob Finnessy, right? Is like their starting guard. He's smaller than Ivy. He's less athletic than Ivy, right? Yeah, they play three guards. They play Finnessy, Durham, and Franklin. Yeah, I. This could be a huge game. I mean, again, for all the guards, it can't be understated. But for Ivy coming off the bench, this is like an opportunity for him to have a breakout game. You know, and also slash man, it doesn't matter. I if would, you get I, weak side I, blocked a couple times. You're gonna get fouled six times if you I, hit the rim. Listen, I, I am obviously speaking a little aggressively here, but I would love for Jaden Ivy to just put up twenty this game. That would be awesome. I mean, that's or, not, that's probably not gonna no, happen. Him, but... Like him or him or Newman, if I can get twenty from either of them, I'll be thrilled. Just because I think just, the opportunity for them to the do rim. that. I mean, they don't have an elite interior defender. They have weak side blockers who chase blocks, and, and weak side blockers get in foul trouble. Like, mm-hmm. that's just the truth, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have a single guard. They don't have a single guard who, with meaningful numbers, averages two assists per turnover. Like, come on. These guys aren't great ball handlers. Mm-hmm. I don't care if that sounds mean. It's true. I'm looking at the stats right here. So, like I said, Purdue's won seven straight. They've won 10 of the last 11. Last loss came in 2016 in Assembly Hall. They only Purdue only lost by four. So I mean, come on, we got their number, right? Do we call it a rivalry anymore? I mean, it's kind of like Ohio State Michigan type talk at this point. But I mean, I obviously like Duke North Carolina messing around. But uh, (laughs) I mean, it always it's always a good game. It's always fun to watch. So 
Uh, that's not until Thursday, though, so that's kind of a while until this Yeah, game. I mean, kind of sad that this... Ne- Any idea when this Nebraska game is going to no, happen? No, I'm sure that won't... I mean, I'm sure that won't happen until They'll later. They'll probably slide it in. They'll slide it into midweek somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> on, a, on a two-day back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that's another thing, really quickly, to pop back over to the Michigan State game. It definitely was clear in the first half that Purdue hadn't played in almost a week, right? That that not oh, having yeah. the Nebraska game definitely showed, and they they did look slow out the gate. Obviously, sixteen points in the yep. first half. But uh, we'll have the recap for the IU game uh, after that. How does Vegas have this sixty four percent IU? Come on, bro. How are we? Maybe, how they, are we maybe they know something we don't. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just that IU is a uh, is living on in on on savings that they banked twenty years ago. But hey. <laughs> I mean, I hey, same as Michigan. You don't State, have to, to tell honest. me that. I am well aware. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we'll have that recap up uh, next week after the game. So until then, we'll see you next time.